What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast. So I guess this is just what we do at this point. We're here recapping another Washington loss. Washington loses to the Tennessee Titans 21-17. So to give you a timestamp as I do for every episode, today is Monday, October the 10th. It's about noon. I need to sleep on that loss a little bit. Um, but we need to pay the bills first. So if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to comment, be sure to like, be sure to subscribe. We've been chopping it up with our subscribers. Our subscri- subscription count is increasing, and it was the, the 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 outlook the outlook is beautiful over there on the YouTube. And so we're gonna keep pushing out this content because, like I told you on this uh, on our last episode, us over here bleeding BNG, we're gonna show you that we at least care about you more than the Washington Commanders, the Washington Redskins, the Washington Football Team, whatever you want to call, because they haven't cared about me in my 26 years of existence, and it's getting. It's getting tiresome to this point. I've read it. I've raved. I've, I've done everything I can possibly do in 26 years. And nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Like, who am I to kid in believing that something's going to change? It's not. It's not. So let's get into this loss. So the title for today's episode is Paddle Boat Run. Paddle Bow Run, because it's about time that you get out of my city, bro. I told y'all, Mr. Guys, 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 guys. I told y'all he's not it. I told y'all he's not it. Like I asked in the last episode, when did Ron Rivera ever have the cachet to have a co-centric approach given to him by any organization? Three winning seasons and 11 seasons? Three winning total seasons in eleven seasons, and this is the guy that you that you that you reign at the helms. This is the guy that you get the keys to. Like it's really, I, I I I'm at a loss for words because it seems like with this team, and this is before the Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera regime. This has just been with my experience as a Washington football team fan. This team will find new ways to lose. Every week. They find new ways to build you up to break you down every week. Ball on the two-yard line. 19 seconds to go. You have to score and win the game. You have to score and win the game. You have to score and win the game. I don't want to hear any excuse. At that point, I don't care about how bad your offensive line is. You got to that point with them. Two yards, 19 seconds, you have to score to win the game. And yes, I am of the belief that you could have ran the ball at least once and still ultimately ran your three plays that you got off. Carson Wentz ultimately throws a pick on third and goal from the two-yard line after three of the most elementary-style-type play calls I've ever seen in my life. And there's no convincing me. I don't. So you don't, don't even waste your breath. Don't even waste your breath like people on Twitter have been trying to. There is no convincing me that an NFL unit cannot run the football at the two-yard line, at the two-yard line, spike the ball, 
and still have time to get get two more plays off. Because you ultimately only ran three plays. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And what pains me is, I honestly, I, 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 I honestly, honestly, I knew we were going to lose that game yesterday, going into the game. I knew it. All week. All week I've been talking about it. I knew we were going to lose that game. But then the bamboozle starts, the same bamboozles that I told you guys about last week. Vegas moves the line. It goes from Tennessee being a three-point favorite to a pick em. I'm like, all right, what they know? What, 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 what does Vegas know that we don't? Then you get Brian Robinson coming out to the tunnel. To 50 Cent mini, mini Men. I hear that doom, 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 Mini Men. I'm like, oh yeah. I got goosebumps in the stadium. Because you know, we're always there. Boots on the ground. Supporting this bum ass team. Even though they don't love us back. I'm in the stadium catching goosebumps. I'm like, oh, nah. Oh, nah. Commanders by 30 today. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe I was just stuck in my own little head. Because to be honest, we didn't have a home field advantage. That game was dead as hell. If you follow me on social media, you saw how dead that game was. I was teasing the parking lot attendants like, hey, this is the easiest day to work here, huh? They like, nah, man, you not lying. Like, I ain't had to do shit today. There was nobody there. The shit sounded like a funeral walking up. Oh, yeah, our funeral was last week. This must have been a repass. They, they almost bamboozled me. They almost bamboozled me. And when I say almost, because I ain't going to lie to you, I was skeptical of us scoring even though we got to the two-yard line with 19 seconds left. Because that's what this organization does. I told y'all last week, Scott Turner be asking Madden for his play calls. He go to ask Madden for his play calls. And if that last stance or that last series of the game yesterday didn't solidify it, go look at the last play of the game. We're on a two-yard line. We got three receivers running short of the sticks. How does that happen? How do you run short of the goal line at the two-yard line? How does that happen? How? Somebody please explain, Paddle Boat Ron, Scott Turner. And you know why we calling him Paddle Boat Ron? Because Buddy is a fraud. Buddy is a fraud. This is looking exactly like his 2019 days in Carolina, where his ass got chopped, and rightfully so. Now I see why. Who the hell gave him this Riverboat Ron nickname in the first place? 
or was it given to him 10 years ago when he still had a little bit of fire and still had a little bit of passion and not this bullshit, guys, 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 that we see on the sidelines every fucking week. I'm tired. I'm tired of my team being coached by fucking grandpas, dog. Because guess what? It clearly shows that the game is passing by. I promise you I'm not trying to age discriminate. I would have took Pete Carroll in a heartbeat. He's the oldest coach in the NFL. I'll take Bill Belichick in a heartbeat. He's the second oldest coach in the NFL. But when you old as hell and the game has clearly passed you by, your entire coaching staff, Jack Del Rio, dinosaur ass included, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. Like, I really want to know who, I want to know who's the first person to deem this guy Riverboat Ron. I want to know. Point them out to me. I got to go look at some articles from 2010 and 2011, I guess. Because this shit is a fucking joke. You got you got the label, or everybody in the national media likes to deem you as this disciplinarian. All your guys are going to fight for you. You guys are never going to let up. He's never had a season unspiral and head all downhill and shit like that. Well, how did this disciplinarian have one of the most undisciplined teams in the NFL? 20 penalties in two weeks. 20 penalties in two weeks for paddleboard run. But you such a hard ass. But you such a hard ass. And I told y'all about the bamboozle last week. I told y'all about the bamboozle. They try to get you to buy in just for them to ultimately let you down. Let me show you how they pulled the bamboozle this week. I, I lied to you not. I lied to you not. Brian Robinson Jr.'s story is an amazing story. Amazing story. Great story of perseverance. The fact that he's able to come back and play in an NFL game six weeks after being shot is nothing short of admirable. Not saying that. Not saying that in the least. An amazing story. Shout out to you, Brian Robinson. But I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I wasn't getting at least a tad bit uncomfortable with all the Brian Robinson hype posts making it seem like he was Adrian Peterson coming out of Oklahoma or something. Putting so much pressure on this man to turn this bum-ass season around. Y'all seen the post. I ain't got to talk about them. It was one every day. It was multiple every day. And like I said, it was a tremendous story. But they know exactly what they're doing with that. Trying to get their eyes off this bum-ass season. Or trying to make B-Rob seem like the, the, the prisoner of hope that's going to turn this season around. That's unfair to a guy that was ultimately a third-round running back at the end of the day. But guess what? You do that, you use all this as hype propaganda, but then you don't even let, let him at least close the game out and complete this storybook ending. 
the bamboozle. The bamboozle. You got J.D. McKissick in on the two-yard line. Don't nobody in the fucking stadium think you running the ball at that point. And everybody's like, oh, man, they, they run the ball. You sit or shut the hell up. Whenever you ever seen an NFL unit, an NFL caliber offense get stalled for 19 seconds. Tennessee's defensive linemen are sitting on my gas for 19 seconds. Talking about they wouldn't have been able to get another playoff. I've literally heard that argument today. Like they've been watching the league and seeing guys just sit on guys for 19 seconds from the two-yard line. You ain't got to do that much walking back to the line of scrimmage, bro. Stop trying to pull the wool over my eyes. You're not fooling me. And for the people that want to blame Carson, yesterday wasn't his fault. 25 of 38 for almost 360 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Did he have some misses? Absolutely. Carson Wentz is going to have some misses. I told y'all that. If you expected him to be Josh Allen, that's your fault. But Carson Wentz did enough for you to win that game. Both passes to De'Ami Brown were beautiful. He even worked in Terry McLaurin a little bit. De'Ami Brown, two receptions, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. And this is what kills me about a game like yesterday, like that from De'Ami yesterday. You can't waste games like that from these type of guys. How many type of how many type how many times are we gonna get that type of game from De'Ami Brown? You can't waste games and lose these type of games when you get this type of performance from your guy stepping up in Jahan Dawson's absence. You can't lose these games. And no, Carson didn't play amazing yesterday. We went 1 for 11 on third down. You have to be able to sustain drives. But what did I say? Carson Wentz did enough for you to win yesterday, and he did. And he did. But this is what happened when you don't have innovative people on the coaching staff. Let me tell you what I would have done. Me personally, I would have spread them out. Maybe have one back in the backfield, maybe a single back, single back bunch look, have Terry on the backside making it look like I'm trying to give what, what is perceived to be my dominant wide receiver on one-on-one on the backside, I would have QB sneaked it. Because look at the plays. Tennessee dropped eight back on the first play. They knew you weren't running. You would have caught them by surprise. With that big-ass 6'5", 240-pound quarterback. And even if you don't get it, guess what? Everybody doesn't have to move that far to get back to the line of scrimmage and get set. I guess Carson Wentz, just, they just sitting on Carson Wentz for 19 seconds. Hunt, huh, huh, the, the, the Twitter coaches over there trying to tell me otherwise. At that point, you're able to spike the ball and still get off two bum-ass pass plays that you was going to run anyway. Ultimately running the three plays that you ultimately ended up running. But let's get to why you had to pass the ball. 
with the two, at the two yard line with 19 seconds left. Cause you don't have a timeout because you wasted on a dumbass challenge when Cam Sims clearly didn't catch the ball. I'm in a stadium, right? Y'all know that. Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. That's why nobody can really talk crazy to me because I guarantee you I put more money in this team than you do. I'm in the stadium. Not going to lie, that looked like a catch. But I'm here to tell y'all, that happened right in front of Ron Rivera. That play happened right in front of Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera should have been the first person to know that wasn't a catch. You don't even need a, a, a New York review. It happened right in front of him. I'm here to tell you, I saw it. Go pull up the film. But you let people get in your head. You let the stadium get in your head. I honestly thought it was a catch first. Because remember, the TV viewpoint is kind of better than the stadium at times. Because the, the television camera is on the, is technically on the field. But clearly when I looked at the review, before the challenge flag was thrown, that ball was on Cam Sims' leg when he was rolling out of bounds. Bro, that's clearly not a catch. This man, Ron Rivera, challenges shit that he does not like. And doesn't challenge shit that, he, that needs to be challenged. It's the most boomer shit I've ever seen in my life. Just kidding, he don't like it. He expect a rule to get changed or some shit. Paddle bow run. That goes to clock management. Let's talk about the clock management at the beginning, at the end of the first half. When Tennessee has the ball, I think it's like first and goal on the seven. Or second and goal on the seven or something like that. You call a timeout after the first run. I'm like, all right, we try to get the ball back and score. Something different from last week when you handicapped your $28 million quarterback and then let him try to get some points at the end of the half against Dallas. Tennessee runs the play. I think Derrick Henry caught the ball at like the one-yard line. Then you don't call another timeout. So now you let them kill the clock and they still score a touchdown. Instead of letting them, or not letting them score, or them ultimately scoring on the next play, and you having about 40 seconds and a timeout to go score. I bet you Ron's boomer ass didn't even realize that clock management in that moment, though. It just is what it is. Like, it just... It is what it is. And I'm not going to lie. I was the first one yelling, oh, Curtis Curtis Samuel got out of bounds. Keep in mind, I was in the stadium. The clock should have stopped. The clock should have stopped. But Ron Rivera should know the rule. That if you're not going forward when going out of bounds, the clock doesn't stop. And if we're being honest and not having our burgundy tinted lenses on, Started Curtis Samuel was going sideways. He wasn't going forward. That clock should have stepped running like it could have kept should have kept running like it was supposed to. But it's up to Paddleboat Ron to know that and to realize that. But I'm telling you, his old ass didn't. Y'all see this? If you listen to this on the podcast, just know that this is a mug with Ron Rivera's. Autograph on it. I'm about to go throw that shit in the trash. 
I'm about to go throw that shit in the trash. Because Paddleball Ron done bamboozled me and done bamboozled all of us. This is a guy that thought Trey Turner and bum-ass Andrew Norwell were going to be competent replacements for Brandon Scherf. And then we come week five of the season, and I lied to you now, Andrew Norwell's performance was so bad, I thought he was point-shaving, bro. Andrew Norwell was so bad yesterday, I thought he was point-shaving. On one drive, on one drive in the fourth quarter, on the late third quarter, spilling over to the fourth, which we, which we would like to declare it's crunch time, right? This man had two holding penalties and allowed two sacks. This is after you been straight Turner. But let me show you the roster construction issue that your man, GM coach Ron Rivera, Paddleboat Ron, put us in. You already replaced Trey Turner with Sadiq Charles. Who the hell are you going to replace Andrew Norwell with? There is nobody. A roster construction issue. Told y'all this team is ass backwards. Team is so ass backwards. Watch. Jahan Dawson comes back. Watch we just forget what we're doing with De'Ami Brown. Just like we did the four weeks prior to, the, to yesterday. It's almost like it's a bad thing to have too many weapons. Why are you in a goal line and you got Dax Milne in instead of fucking Cam Sims? Beats me. Y'all tell me he's on the roster every year because he's one of your best red zone players. And then you don't put him in the fucking red zone. You got Dax Mill, oh, 5 3 40 running ass back there. Who can't return a fucking kick to save his life. I saw Dax Mill have 20 yards of space yesterday when he caught the ball and got like three yards on the return, bruh. How you let somebody as slow as molasses? Return punts and kicks for you. What's the plan? Because I thought once Ryan Robinson came back, Antonio Gibson was going back. I ain't see him not once. But you're going to keep settling for getting tackled at the 12 and 15-yard line and shit. Like, we just got a quarterback that's going to take us the length of the field all the time. Yeah, okay. Ain't no fucking plan. It ain't no plan. Because guess what? The defense did well. Cole Holcomb. Y'all know I'm a big believer in letting my apology be as loud as my disrespect. Cole Holcomb played like a man possessed yesterday. 15 combined tackles. Wasn't scared of Derrick Henry an inch. Montez Sweat played like a man possessed yesterday. Two sacks, three tackles for loss. James Smith-Williams balled yesterday. But this goes back to my point with De'Ami Brown. You can't waste these type of games from these type of dudes. Because you know they're not going to give it to you every Sunday. You know that. Oh, bum-ass William Jackson finally got benched yesterday and tried to blame his back. No, it's because you suck, bro. It's because you suck. 
William Jackson is officially in Adam Archuleta, Albert Hainsworth, and Josh Norman territory. The second biggest offense offseason acquisition to date under the Ron Rivera regime, right behind Carson Wentz, is now being benched week five of an NFL season. How's that one looking? How paddleboat Ron? How's that one looking? Going to the game, relying on John Bostic. He getting blown up on screenplays. Because you only got two linebackers on the start on the initial 53. So if anybody gets hurt, you got to start scrambling. But, I, but the culture's turning, right? The culture's changing, right? Now it was the name, right? Once we change from Redskins, all our fortunes are changing, right? Yeah, my ass. My ass. Like I said, this organization finds new ways to let you down, ways that I couldn't have even thought of. You get one of your best players in Terry McLaurin drawing a penalty, getting to the two-yard line, and you can't convert. That's a microcosm of the season. That's a microcosm of this organization over the course of the last 20 years. And that's a microcosm, microcosm of this organization over my 26 years as a fan, if we're being honest. Um, so every Sunday night, every Monday is now looking like it's going to be a vent session. Because at this moment, like I told y'all last week, it's tank for Shroud. Yes, he's my quarterback one. I ain't got time to talk about it right now. Oh, one last thing. I told y'all Bobby McCain sucked. He didn't even look like an NFL caliber safety. He looked like he belonged in the spring league or in the XFL playing that ball. The one chunk play that we give up all game. Spinning around and shit, losing the ball like this Pop Warner football. But we got to keep that same energy, right, John Allen? That's the same thing Bobby McCain said last year, so I'm going to call him out too. We got to keep that same energy, right, Bobby? The fans of this bum-ass organization got to keep that same energy. Right, guys? Fuck out of here. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Bleeding BNG Podcast. Like I told you guys, we're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep chugging. I'm going to let you guys know now I care about you more than the Washington Commanders. So we're going to keep pushing these videos out. Just make sure you subscribe. Make sure you stay tapped into our social media pages. As always, our Instagram is at BleedingBNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G-B-N-G. Our Twitter handle spelled a tad bit different, at BleedingBNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. So there's only one G in our Twitter handle. So follow those pages. Subscribe to our YouTube because we're going to keep pushing this content out. We're going to give you the most fire content we can make out of this dead-ass, dreadful-ass season. And that's my promise over here from Bleeder BNG. So keep checking into us, keep tapping into us, and I'll check in on you guys later. Peace.